What's up, everyone? Welcome to the 218th episode of the Pokemon Podcast. I'm your host, SBJ, and to my left is Travis. I'm to your left? I didn't know there were... Are we doing video? And I, wasn't supposed to, and I didn't remember to turn on my... No, no, there's no video. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're getting me off the rails, and we're like hardly even like two seconds into this. We haven't even gotten on the rails. Yeah. To my right is Will. Well, since we're sitting in the dark, I'm actually on your left. Travis and I switched places without you telling you. Ah, okay. That's where the rails come That's coming. why I was all confused, because the switch happened so quick. Oh, you want to talk about confusing? Talk about... Well, I'm not even going to talk about it yet, but when Steve talks about it, I'm going to talk about it, and we'll talk about confusing and annoying at the same time. Uh, I don't know what that means, or what I'm supposed well, to be... That, that'll be the mystery of the episode, okay. and then when, when people realize what it is, they're going to have a light bulb go off in their, their mind. I'm giving them a Satori moment. I see. As a gift. This uh, episode feels already really foreign to me, because... For the last like three weeks, we have either recorded on a Thursday or we have recorded some version of that live. And now we're like back to our Sunday schedule at noon central time. Is that what time it is? Because I just woke up uh, from yep. my nap. Uh-huh. From my nap. That's, yeah. That's where it is. That's where it is. We got oh. some <laughs> We got some Pokemon news to go through and some other stuff to talk about. But before we get to that, how was your guys' week? Will, what's what's new in the life of DC? It's really, really hot, um, which is probably the same for a lot of places. But see, given, given that like a week ago it was really cold, I'm not dealing with this particularly well. And I as I was supposed to run seven miles this morning, but it was so hot that I only ran six miles, and I hate myself now, and I'll never forgive myself for okay. missing that one last mile. Um, and I tried to build a different Vanguard deck from the one I've been using a lot lately, and I haven't been able to. So it's failures all around. Uh, speaking speaking of Vanguard, how's how's your? I thought you were gonna say speaking of failures all around, <laughs> Travis. How is going? <laughs> I don't have that good of transitions, Travis. You're giving me too much credit. I was gonna <laughs> I was gonna ask Will how his uh, other podcast is doing. Your Vanguard uh, podcast. It seems to be doing good. We hit episode 10. We had uh, we interviewed a writer for Alter Reality Games on episode 10, which I'm trying to do like some format stuff where every five episode is about um, what is that called when it's like the stories and the background of the cards and things like that. Not necessarily the gameplay. American Life? The lore. Oh, lore. Lore. Okay. Uh, So every five episodes is a lore episode. Every 10 episode is an interview episode. So we just did an interview episode. So for the first 10 episodes, I've held to that grand plan. Um, and, and we do have listeners, and we do get the occasional feedback. So um, even listeners who don't play Vanguard, which, um, you know, what? Thumbs up. I appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> even though we really only talk about Vanguard. So <laughs> The number, number one Vanguard podcast in iTunes. It's also the only Vanguard podcast tonight. Well, no, that's not true. There are other ones in iTunes. It's just we're the only one that has put out an episode since December of 2015. So there you go. What a time. hole in the market. Be yeah. alive. We're new and noteworthy in the games section. Oh, so. yeah. That's, <laughs> that's your time to uh, advertise. Or not advertise, but to make sure like you're putting your strongest content forward. The strongest content? Debatable. <laughs> The best content we can manage to offer. 
truth. Okay. All right. Travis, what's new? Well, I'm glad to hear from Will that the one week I was actually in Washington, D.C. was the week that it was cold and that immediately after I left, it started to get warm again. <laughs> it was I, so cold and rainy. <laughs> I, I, I'm starting to think that I'm not always cold just because I live in Michigan, but because my negative attitude about the world around me changes it in a sort of storm-like way, like the the the, the hip X man that that's hit that's that's hitting theaters. Oh, she changes um, the weather. Apparently, I just make it gloomy and and terrible wherever <laughs> I go. But I was in uh, like last weekend. I was in Columbus, Ohio for uh, Rock on the Range, which is a music festival. Um, and between the Buried and Me and At the Drive-In and the Sword were all uh, unbelievable. And uh, pardon me, but it's 2016. I believe we can use the term X person. The movie that is X Men. It's as the much as much as much as I would prefer that the movie were called uh, X Folks, which is <laughs> like way better. That's I think we can all the, agree. X out folks. Of, out of all the words, that's the one you're gonna go with, folks. So I say folks all the time. Okay, I, all right. I am part of a deep hack community called the Inclusion Society, and we have managed to hack a number of AMC and other brand movie theaters so that all of their digital displays say X people. And if we find a physical display that says X men, we go in the middle of the night and we replace the letters to say X people. Do you, is that a is that like a rough? Do, do you remember? I think it was in like the mid '90s when. Or maybe it was even before my time. Maybe it was in the 80s. But the what was it called? It was like the Barbie Liberation Squadron or something. <laughs> Will, you remember this, right? No. Oh, shoot. <laughs> well, uh, I, I'm i not going to be able to get you. The episode that. where Lisa Simpson tried to uh, design a new version of the doll as a, modern, yeah, as a modern business lady, and it didn't work. Cool. Uh, but I am a member of I am a member of the, the actual group, the Crochet Liberation Front. So there's there's that, as opposed to the Inclusion Society, which doesn't exist, and I don't know how to hack anything except like a slice of ham. What? Can I tell the Barbie Liberation Squadron or Front or whatever it's called story. Yes, what did they do. What did they do? So Let's hear it. They, there was some some particular Barbie, like many of them, where um, it was very specific like it was it was a talking barbie and it was all like i love to go shopping and cook because those are the only things that women are allowed to do right like it was saying very um the the gender roles were being reinforced in this barbie so what this this group did is they went and they would open up the back of the toys they would take out the voice box and swap it with the voice voice box of the gi joe toy that was out at the same time so you would buy the barbie and it would be like, get to the front line. The enemy's here now. And then you would buy the G.I. Joe. And it would be like, I love shopping. And uh, moms across all of the Midwest, I assume, is where it happened. Because that's where moms <laughs> get angry. Moms across all of the Midwest were furious that their um, their poor children were being subjected to women who don't like shopping, I guess. Hmm. That, it, that... Reminds me a lot of that Lisa Simpson episode that Will brought up. Yeah. 
I do remember the Cabbage Patch Kid riots of the 80s, but Barbie Liberation, I do not. Speaking of Barbie Liberation, I liberated some aliens in a game called Stellaris, which is not a movie. Well, I'm sure it <laughs> is a movie. The movie not I... a classic Russian sci-fi movie. <laughs> Uh, but Irene and I played some Stellaris last night, which is a 4X game. And I don't know what all, all the X's stand for. Explore, it's like expand. Explore, exterminate, expand. We're missing one. Exterminate, I think, was... Wait, 4X? Like, you mean foreign exchange, right? No, no, no. 4X. Oops. 4X is like the genre that civilization is. Yeah, yeah. It's like civ. It's like civilization. What's the newest one? Five? Are they on five or are they on four still? Civilization remember. Five is out. Civilization Six was just announced like okay. a week or two ago. Yeah, so Stellaris is a forex game. I can't remember the last one. Explore, expand, exterminate. I'm looking it up. Explore, expand, exploit, and exterminate. Oh, okay. <sighs> I was going to say three X. Why not call it three X if you can't think of a fourth one? Exploit. Uh, I guess that's the pol- that's the political stuff, right? Like exploit. I guess. No, yeah. no, no. Exploit your resources. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah, you yeah. expand into a territory. You exploit the resources of that territory, yeah. so you follow fuel further expansion. That's that's fair. Yeah. So we've so because Irene was like, let's do something together. Let's do something together. And so I was like, hey, let's. This game is political. You like politics? Let's play it. And so she went in not knowing anything about it. And I was like, well, you know, let's go through like creating because you can create your whole like race and what kind of creatures you look like and like what kind of political stance your country wants to take and you know standard i'm sure that's in civilization too i haven't played civilization since civ 3 but like right away like she got sucked in of like oh i want to be the bird people no i want to be the fox people no i want to be this no and then like it only got deeper as we got into like what kind of characteristics do you want do you want to be like friendly or like intelligent or uh whatever elephants do remembering stuff <laughs> and then because <laughs> that's what elephants do yeah they, remember, they remember and then they go to the same place to die those are the two <laughs> salient facts about elephants i remember the trait but in a little picture of an elephant <laughs> anyways we went through all that and uh yeah we started that we played that for about two hours but it it is definitely a 4x game it is very you know, wait, wait for timers, take over land, get screwed over by the CPU. Yep, very four X. Uh, but yeah, that's that was that was my weekend. Is that a free PlayStation Four download? It is a. I got it on Steam, and I don't I don't really buy any games on Steam, but it is a computer only game. It's on Mac and PC, and I think Linux too. But uh, it's made by Paradox. I think they make other popular 4X games, and uh, it was $40. Oh, not going to happen. Number one, I want to get Steam off my computer. Number two, $40. Yeah, yeah. Well, the good thing about like Paradox is they support their games for a super long time, so they've already rolled out a couple major updates. You don't too. even know what other games they've made, and yet you know that they support their games for a long time. Oh, I could look it up. I've played some of their other games, and when you read a bunch of Stellaris news, Travis... People always go, they support their games for a long time. So I just took that and rehashed it here on what podcast. I think that's a classic theme of It's Super Effective, rehashing other people's news. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of rehashing other people's news, 
Welcome to Trainer's Digest. <laughs> really what we should rename these episodes. Hey, let's talk so about... The Barbie Liberation Organization was in 1993. <laughs> um, and they replaced 300 to 500 dolls with uh, the voice box of G.I. Joe's. We get it all. We get all the facts right. In about 10 minutes, Travis will bring up what games paradox has made and then we'll make another also, reference I'll also bring up what elephants do all right good <laughs> i like i like this format of us mentioning stuff we're not knowledgeable about and then you correcting us several minutes later <laughs> so I'll, I'll warn everybody my two pokemon are about to get into a battle and uh and it's gonna be an auditory nightmare for everyone when it happens I don't know what that means, but... My cat is on the floor. Oh, my dog is sitting up on the bed. The cat's about to jump up and scratch the dog in some way. All right. That's what likes to do. It's like you have Pokemon Go in your house right now, and U.S. field testing for Pokemon Go is now live. You are like the five people they chose in the U.S. to pick. All of them Greg's friends. It's not like I'm jealous or anything. <laughs> Uh, Pokemon Go features more than 100 catchable Pokemon. I don't know if you guys knew that, but that is a that was recently stated in their last press yeah, release. Like, that's not even... Like, it's just Generation 1, right? From everything I've seen, I've only seen Pokemon from Generation 1. That's Agreed. not even the full roster. I mean, like, unless by more than 100, they mean 151, which seems <laughs> odd. Probably what they do. Do we should actually look at early marketing materials for original Pokemon, and it probably says over 100 catchable Pokemon. <laughs> well, to see. <laughs> well, my guess would be it's all 150 minus legendaries and mythical. So then it would be weird to say like there's 130 catchable Pokemon. How are you supposed to get the? I refuse to make the distinction between legendary and mythical. How, <laughs> how, how are you supposed to find legendaries then? I would. They would probably roll those out from like, hey, get your get your Zapdos at Target. I would. Yeah, I would assume those were Head on over to the Rock of Gibraltar if you want yourself a Regigigas. <laughs> uh, so Pokemon Go field testing now live. Uh, I don't know anyone personally that got access to it. Will, did you say you knew some people? No, I said that Greg's friends all got access to it. <laughs> Game Master Greg. Game Dungeon Master. Dungeon Master Greg. Well, it depends. Technicalities. <laughs> That's true. You're not wrong. I, if you, I, I just, I just uh, hashtag searched Pokemon Go on, on Twitter and found a, mostly people, mostly people complaining that they didn't have access to Pokemon Go, but a couple people stating they did i don't i don't know like the the announce the i i can say on one end i'm like slightly disappointed that i didn't get access to the beta and i'm not sure if codes are still going out or not probably not but on the other end i burned through mobile games pretty quickly so i don't know if it would be so in-depth or so engaging that like i would burn through it and then when it actually comes out i would i would be disappointed and then on the probably doesn't help that you were calling ingress a terrible game on twitter <laughs> yeah are you still playing clash royale uh yeah i am still playing clash royale but not not as much as when i was on the clash high so, so you are a game gobbler 
yeah, yeah. It up. Yep. Done with it. The game game gobbler. <laughs> the uh, the other thing that kind of bothers me is I'm not a big fan of betas where like, hey, put eight hours into this and now you just lost it all because it's not the official game. I mean, I get it. That's what a beta is. But some people like that. Some people don't. I'm I I can usually hold up and wait. It's it's hilarious because how long ago did Pokemon Shuffle come out? Probably I over. I feel like Pokemon Shuffle has been the only Pokemon game we've talked about on this Pokemon podcast for like <laughs> at least three years. Well, it hasn't been three years. Pokemon Shuffle is just over a year old now, is it not? So yeah, so see, that's the difference between you and me. It is, I guess, it's a little over a year old. I only stopped playing Shuffle every single day on Monday of last week. So I don't burn out on mobile games or any kind of game unless life presents a change that forces me to stop playing it. You know, I almost turned on Pokemon Shuffle the other day, and the reason I didn't was because I was in Nintendo Badgercade, uh, which that's another part of news, and I didn't want to close Nintendo Badgercade, wait for Shuffle to open, and then know that later that night I would go back into Nintendo... Nintendo Badger Cade, so close shuffle, wait for Badger Cade to open. I, wow. No, seriously, like that that it was my take that long. There, I want to play a game called the Badger Cade now. <laughs> there, what's, what's that about? <laughs> there, there's something satisfying about opening your 3DS and the game already being right there with no load. Like that. Is what I strive I, for in I, life. Since we no go on Pokemon podcast to not play Pokemon. I mean, I I play all kinds of games and I just switch between them like a regular patient person. But I'm not a game gobbler, as I just proved. But you have to wait for the game to close and open, and it's like three <laughs> seconds. No one is with you. All right, that's that's fair. Uh, Nintendo, <laughs> Nintendo Badger Cade. There are Pokemon badges in it. Have any of you, have either of you played Nintendo Badger? You don't really play Nintendo Badger game. Let's get out that out of the way. Now that's, that's just from what I understand. That's just a huge money suck. Yep, yep. Right? Mm-hmm. There's no way to play it without spending money on it. No, there's totally a way to play it with without spending money. I mean, it, they give you one free play every day. Well, sometimes you can get two or three plays, but like by default, you're always going to get one free play every day. Well, I, I can't fuel any more addictions to daily play games, so no. So for, for our listeners that may not be familiar, Nintendo Badgercade came out, oh man, when did that come out? Like right before Christmas of last year, I think in, I think in November. And badges, it's like our news is going into news. Uh, we'll have some news about like badges slash pins later on. But these are digital badges that... All they do is they either sit in your collection in Nintendo Badge Arcade, or what you can do is you can put these badges on your home screen on your 3DS and like arrange them in different ways. You can also like if you have a folder, you could put the badge on top of the folder. So instead of just having a blue folder, you can have like an image of like a man folder. What's that? A Mega Man folder. Yeah, you could have a Mega Man folder. You could put Isabel on a folder or something. The last thing you can do is some of the icons like look like uh, what was that? What was that girl that got banned? Swap note girl, Nikki. What? 
remember swap note on 3ds that it got like i, I do, do remember swap note it, it and got so salty that it's gone it got banned but like there were nikki badges and like there was like a, a wrench in the form of like the nikki art style and so you could make that wrench be your settings button so th- those are like your three extents you do nothing with the badges you put them on your home screen or you turn them into like utility things like like a settings folder so when you first get into Badger Kid, you, I think you get like five free plays, and it is it is the claw game. That's all it is. You you the only button you press is A. You hold down A to move the claw, and then you let go of A, and the claw does its grabbing claw thing, picks up a badge, sometimes pulls it up, most of the time does not pull it up, and then if it drops it into the the hole, you get the badge, and it's your badge forever. Where the the uh, free to play thing comes in is there's a practice catcher where you get you get like seven or eight claw things and you're grabbing practice badges and and when when the badges like flip over at the end if there's like a free play on the back of the badge that's how, that's how you get free plays for the real catcher and most of the time you collect like seven badges and it goes oh there's no free plays in the back of these oh well but since you played here's your free play so like always by default you get a free play. Um, but the trick is there's a couple tricks. So if you just go through all the levels of badges, sometimes like by, I don't know, like going through the machine, like it kind of shakes the stage and sometimes a badge will like roll off the edge and you get a free badge just by like seeing what badges are there. I I think it's just their way of like, here's a 2% chance of if you looked at all our playboards, you get it. But then, um... So the actual price is you get five plays, if I'm not mistaken, for a dollar. And then ten plays for two dollars, three plays for fifteen. They don't give you like an like I feel like if you're paying more money, you should get more plays, but it's it's one play per or it's five plays per a dollar. And the reason I'm talking about Nintendo Badge Arcade is because there's been a bunch of Pokemon badges the last uh week or two. Well, I was just gonna say you're you're saying that, but aren't there like 300 Pokemon badges? Oh yeah, that have yeah. Been released? I put yeah. I put money in because I was like, I'll just you know what 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 is what is ten dollars to get a bunch of Pokemon badges? No, they keep coming. I, I'm I can't do it anymore. There's just too many badges. <laughs> There's way too many badges. Like if you go to Bulbapedia right now and you look at the the badge list, there has to be over 200 different Pokemon badges already. So if out of five plays you get one badge, that no, is... you could probably you could you could easily get, I would say four badges per five plays, like it, okay, so it doesn't so fifty dollars. Yeah, it doesn't screw you over that badly. And fifty dollars for decorations on my digital screen. Yep, yep, it's terrible. I think at this point I put eight dollars in a Nintendo Badger Kid, but I like, how many badges? How many Pokemon badges do you have? Out of those eight dollars, out of eight dollars, I probably have about forty badges. All right, forty or fifty. But you're a better video game player than I am, so like it. It is it because is, he has badges. That that's what right. makes him a better video yes, game player. I have all of the badges. <laughs> Stevie down the street has a power glove. He's so good at games. <laughs> Badricade the. I have no words for how we broke. You. My friend Brandon has an Atari Lynx. It's so cool. 
what what happens when we don't no longer have a three? This is this is my big question. What happens when the 3ds goes away? Because I am sure there are whales, people who spend hundreds of dollars in badge arcade to make sure they have every single badge. Mm-hmm. What? Where did they go after the 3ds? Like, they could be, like, any other 3DS game where it's, like, this game is tied to this console, like, Animal Crossing, Wild World, you know, that's your DS game. It's not coming forward. Your progress is staying on the original DS. But, like, Nintendo Badge Arcade seems like something where it's, like, you're collecting these because it's a game based on collecting, and we're letting them, we're letting you put them on our home screen, so... And the other thing is it's so late in the 3DS, like, lineup. Like, it's not like the 3DS launched with Nintendo Badge Arcade. Like, they released it less than six months ago. So what happens when the 3DS is gone? Do you just lose all, like, the badges? Well, I mean, they're going to introduce Badge Arcade Bank, obviously. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's just a weird thing. What about all the custom backgrounds that I paid a dollar each for, or a dollar fifty for? I mean, yeah, you're right, because like on PlayStation Three, you could have custom backgrounds too, and those were just tied to your PS Three. Uh, you can have custom backgrounds on the PS Four too. It's just everybody's learned their lesson, and nobody buys them. Yep. <laughs> yes, that is accurate. Um, yeah. So uh, if there are still, I, as of this recording, there should still be some uh, Pokemon left in Pokemon Badger Kid. So if you're into that thing, go go nuts. If you're into badgers, go right ahead. If you're into badgers. Badgercade. Did you guys get your uh, Xerneas, Evital, and uh, Zygarde? I got three of each, yes. Yes, sir. Uh, no. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Pokemon Podcast 101. I, uh... There's an article just saying battling can be easy as XYZ on Pokemon.com, and it just talks about the um, what the best use for these three Pokemon are, if you're interested in that. T- turns out, if you have Xerneas, Eveltal, and Zygarde, Zygarde on your team, you'll do pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> no, if you have Xerneas, Eveltal, and Zygarde on your team, and you go to Alola... There's a special cave that you can go to that will only open if you have all three of them on there, and you'll get a mana fee. You gotta push the truck first, though. I said cave, not... Well, Xerneas can geomancy the truck out of the way. There you go. But first, uh, you, have to, you, first you have to evolve your Spiro into a Pika Blue. Was, was that <laughs> a sort of prerequisite. Right. sort of prerequisite. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll TLDR that article for you. Xerneas is competitive... Zygarde is a joke. Eveltal, mm, not so much. <laughs> Xerneas is okay. I love Xerneas as a Pokemon as a as a Pokemon design, but Geomancy is such a garbage trash design. <laughs> like that move is so good with whatever herb it is that you need to do the thing. Uh, I think a mental herb or a white herb. Yeah, exactly. I can't remember which one it is, but. God, uh, mental herb is the one that keeps you from getting truanted. Uh, truanted. Oh, taunted. Wanted. White herb. Want. Oh, Zerny is so unfair. Pokemon tournament is a thing. Do people still play that game? You know that. That's my question too. The there is a championship series going on. 
And it will be at other events like the Seattle Regionals, which I don't believe has come up yet. The Wisconsin Regionals was just last weekend. Pokin Tournament will be at Nationals. It'll be at Worlds. People play it, I guess. Not me anymore. Didn't you? I thought you had the game. No, I did. I did. I did. I played oh, it. You just don't play it anymore. Yeah, I played it for about about six like or seven like weeks. Uh, yeah, a little over a month. Yeah, yeah. Played it every every Thursday night and played a couple other nights just practicing. But yeah, I doesn't didn't have legs for me. Yeah, it's it's a good game and it's a fun game. And I'm you know, like I'm not a huge gamer, and I will say it is it is good and fun. But it's not one that when you have other games to play, you're gonna choose Pokemon Tournament. Like I said it right uh, over those other games. Well, the thing about I mean, that's sort of the thing about fighting games, right? Is more so than almost any other genre, except maybe like MOBAs, if you count that a genre of its own. If you don't plan on playing, like, if you're casual trash like we are. <laughs> Not with that it, attitude. You, you play it and it's fun, but it gets to a point where to fully enjoy the depth of the game you have to dedicate a lot of time to it. That's just how fighting games work. And sometimes that's more of an investment than you're willing to give at a particular date or time. Yeah, I think where I fell off was I hit my my skill. I hit the, like, the glass ceiling of my skill yeah. where I was like, I, I am this good, and if I wanted to get better... Like, I need to invest this much time. Mm-hmm. And that time is too important to me. Yeah. Like, but like, if, 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 if Will or if you, Travis, or any other, you know, I know they like Pokemon person came over to my house and we were just like hanging out for the weekend, Pokemon tournament would be one of the things I'd, I would be like, let's play this on the couch together and have a great time. And, Mm-hmm. It will be. It would be a great time, but you like continue to play it online and and don't get me wrong. Like playing with with the Pokemon podcast listener base, like playing with them was fantastic. It was super fun, but again, like it was just you're missing so much of the fighting game experience when it when when they're not sitting next to you. Yeah. So I. Th- Pokemon tournament still very seems to be doing popular in the fighting game scene, but I haven't heard much outside of that, which I makes is it is it popular in the scene of fighting? Do people like competitive fighting game people? Because I'm just used to things that are made by Nintendo that try to do that as being, um, and I realize it's a crossover with Tekken, but I'm just used to people saying what well, like. Well, Smash Brothers isn't a real fighting game, or you know, I'm I'm used to that sort of reaction. Do people in who are super into fighting games do a lot of them play it competitively, even if they're not huge Pokemon fans? I think well, none of us are those people, so right. Sure. Just I mean, I I when I was playing Pokemon weekly, I was I was on the subreddit just like reading strategies or. You know, zoning. Zoning is a big thing in in Pokemon tournament, which is real. Real simply put, it's just like knowing what moves you can or cannot do in a certain area. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I would I would say that the 
that 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 is one of the biggest things in, in Pokemon tournament. I'm sure it's very important in other fighting games. Again, I'm not an expert, but it seemed like the people who are good at Pokemon and got behind Pokemon, they're also like the same audience that got behind Smash Brothers. And I don't think yeah. those two audiences have gone outside of that wheelhouse. And, and that's yeah. not to say like. Like Street Fighter people are probably only in Super into Street Fighter and yeah. uh, Killer Instinct again super into that. But I, I don't think Pokin attract anyone. I don't think Pokin stole the the right. dead or alive community. Yeah. So what's really disappointing to me was I kind of I guess subconsciously had thought that Nintendo would have learned from their success with Splatoon. Where when that first came out, everybody played it for a little while and they're like, geez, it's just like five levels. What's what's up with this game? It's so, you know, limited. And then like every two months they came out with new levels. Oh, it was every week. It was. Yeah. They were doing one stage a week. And then they had the splat fests for drawing people in to remind them to play. And, you know, like, you know, even the stupid ones, which was like what, like hot dogs versus uh, hamburgers or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, right. you're and right. Then, and people get excited and they talk about it on social media. It's like, I'm going to be team hot dog. And um, and like, there's none of that for Pokin. And there could be. Yeah, I remember. They could, they could do like online tournaments and they could do like, even if it was like not new Pokemon, if it was just new background stages to play on. And you could because like that's part of the fun is like seeing what's going on in the background when you're playing in a different uh, arena. And all the clothes and stuff. I mean, I know you have every color of Santa hat, but maybe they could have come out with some new clothes. <laughs> I do. Or things for your trainer. Um, and just do, done that monthly and everything. That would have, uh, on some level, kept people interested. But it just, like, it launched. It was what it was. And it became stale rather rapidly. I, I remember being at Midwest Gaming Classic. And the amount... We, we had uh, two pokins. And shout out to... K, uh, listener of the show who brought his his Wii U, his copy of Pokin, and and his controller, very nice of him. But we had two two Pokins set up the first day. They were just you know face computer. The second day we linked them, and I I couldn't believe how many people came in and was like, I can't wait till we get more Pokemon, more DLC, blah blah blah. Like they were going on and on about it, and and I'm thinking to myself like. I'm pretty sure they stated they had zero plans for DLC and updates to this game. And it is now four months later. Yeah. And, and probably probably what's hindering it is that it originally came out as an arcade cabinet. And from what I understand, those arcade cabinets are disappearing. Like, even in the arcades in Japan, they're, they're not... They're, people aren't using them, so they're taking them out. I mean that that doesn't surprise me, but I, I I think you hit the nail on that a bit ago, where like Pokin would have been a game where you say like here's a new stage or here is a Ash hat for your Pikachu that you could put on during battle or here is like a sash yeah. you could r- wrap around like something just cosmetic because if you look at games like Overwatch like. The only the only thing that game has going for it after you drop your forty to sixty dollars is is you 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 can spend more money right like it's all it is is skins nothing else skins sprays void like everything after your initial purchase in Overwatch is purely cosmetic 
What's a Although spray? They have, well, so, okay. So first, a spray is a thing where you can have your character spray paint a little, oh, uh, here's my little logo onto the wall or whatever. But also, just in Overwatch's case, I think, I mean, they are planning on more game modes, I think. Like, there's not even, like, a competitive, there's not even, like, a ranked queue yet. So I, so I think, I realize you were just giving that as an example, but I think they're planning on doing more with that. Right, you're right. Well, but if if you were if you were to go out today and buy Overwatch for forty dollars or sixty dollars, depending on where you get it, yeah, the everything out of the gate in that game is unlocked. All the levels, mm-hmm. the the I think there's two different game modes, and then twenty twenty four characters. I think everything mm-hmm. is unlocked right away. The only thing you're unlocking after that is is skins yeah. and sprays, yeah. and there's like a hundred different. There's skins for every character, and people are dropping money for that. Like that is what gets people going. Like that for me, I didn't. I didn't care that much. I mean, I have a different like loot-driven mindset in Destiny, but like in Overwatch, that clearly works, and it works very well. And Pokin, like Pokin, could have done something as simple yeah. as like here is a rainbow Santa hat this week. But I think. But I think Will is right that like you know they weren't even really sold on selling it to the western market until there was a pretty large call for it or at least they were and it was unclear whether it was going to come here right and and i think will is right that that's mainly because it to them it's first and foremost an arcade an arcade cabinet and if if you went to them and were like why isn't there there a DLC for Pokemon Tournament? They're like, you mean that arcade cabinet we made, right? Like, like the grand strategy for them, I think, is is that they see it differently than we do because we don't have that aspect of the game, you know. So when you edit that, um, Steve, can you just have it repeatedly having Travis say, "I think Will is right," because I, <laughs> I think that's just enough right there. <laughs> If I remember, I'll I'll repeat it a couple times. I'll make it sound real good. Maybe put a little like nice like bump and beat behind it. Don't ever say bump and beat. Hell, <laughs> you sound like a sixty-year-old Midwesterner. I'm getting there. I'm getting there, guys. <laughs> yeah, Pokemon Tournament's still a game that exists. Paradox Development Studio is a Swedish video game developer founded in 1995. <laughs> it is best known for its grand strategy game series, Europa Universalis, Hearts of Iron, Crusader Kings, and Victoria. There we go. Travis bringing the hard facts to Pokemon-inspired podcasts. <laughs> we're not even a Pokemon yeah, we're, podcast anymore. We're just Pokemon-inspired podcasts. <laughs> Pokemon fans will have another chance to download Mew for free. Mew will come in June's Pokemon newsletter as a downloadable code. That that's I mean that's pretty much the news. Is Whoa. it a hidden ability Mew? Is it did uh it, it is the same exact one they gave uh giveaway in February. Hmm. Did did they give out the Zapdos Moltres Articuna trainer email? codes because i never got mine yes i got my i have it in my email i still haven't used it maybe i have to check my email but like i i get pokemon emails like i just got the pokemon center one a couple days ago don't ever remember getting the the bird one 
Well, you better look for it before it expires. Right. No way. Nope, no laughs. Okay, all right. I guess they deserve <laughs> that. Shoot. Sarah's reading the next article. I I, I know what I'm not wanted. Yikes. Uh, last last article here. Um, a Twitter follower, um, chronic sleeper on Twitter. Uh, messaged me this morning and said, uh, old news, but I want to hear your take on this. We'll, we'll hear your take on it too, guys. Uh, this is off a NeoGAF thread. Now, let me preface. I don't read NeoGAF. Yeah, uh, you said old news, but you didn't prep me <laughs> for <laughs> how old this was going to... Was, I was surfing the GeoCities and... <laughs> For some reason, NeoGAF is still popular. This is actually from exactly about nine days ago here, so not that old. Uh, I'm not going to read the whole post because most of it's somebody's opinion, but I'll just get right to the, the gist here. Nugget Bridge tweeted, 15 of the top 50 players were disqualified for cheating in the Japan Cup, and the final standings are now being updated on Pokemon Global Link. Yeah, I heard about that. All right. Uh, if... Uh, for those unfamiliar, the top 50 get a day one invite to the Pokemon World Championship. Top 32 get an invitation to the Japanese National Championship. To do this, they had one weekend to play a maximum of 40, maybe 30 battles on a special in-game ladder and hope their ELO would be the top 32 of 50. The rest of the world plays in an offline circuit like Capcom. Per- oh, that's just Japan stuff. But they're, they're, there's your there. We do this in the United States. There's a weekend where a tournament's open, you play, it ranks you ELO, Pokemon publishes what what Pokemon are popular like a month later. This is nothing new. But in Japan, there there's really only uh this way to get into the national championships, the Japanese national championships. FYI, yeah, so, there, so there was a for us you have to go to a regionals and you have to be there in person. And in Japan, you can do it through an online competition. That's that's the main difference. And uh, the last thing I want to say here is an FYI, there was a follow-up from a Japanese player that was disqualified from the 15 that was disqualified using hacks were detected. uh, Those that were were using a save file manipulation to repeatedly lose to other game carts while queuing up in the same time as multiple 3DSs to try to push themselves into the ranking. Japan's qualification system is fully under jurisdiction of the pokemon company so it differs from region to region which are under jurisdiction of the pokemon company international unfortunately japan has used this awful this is where an opinion comes in awful online ladder battle qualification method since 2012 and this is what it leads to that obviously so that's not what i had heard about this situation I had heard that they were using bots, and by using the bots, they were recording what teams other people were using so that when they actually, in their competitive game, came across them, they already knew like what teams and moves the other people were using. Oh, uh, my... my- that I mean, you could be right. I, I... I was confused by what you were saying, because it sounded like what you were saying is they were... They, they were using some sort of... They were, well, so so that would be like lose a bunch of games in a row, which didn't make a lot of sense to me. Well, no, 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 so no, they no. had alternate competitors, and the alternate competitors would automatically lose to them, which would increase oh, the oh, ranking. Oh, oh. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's yeah. The, that that situation I explained, where like you you 
you purposely get like a cart that you're going to lose against that's like super popular in clash royale not to bring it back to clash royale but you 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 just make an account that account keeps losing until it's useless and then you just delete it and make a new account and then keep beating that new account until it's useless and just win trading right there um so it's it's similar to what people do in the states where they go to a regional with a bunch of their friends and just agree like if you're competing against me then you're gonna lose yep right so i can win yep there there is <sighs> you mean that there's there's people in the world that just like lie <laughs> uh, wasn't that your lesson that, that you learned with meepo and <laughs> don't cross the streams we can't reference other podcasts on this podcast <laughs> there, there's a a lot to unwrap and talk about here and i don't know how deep you guys want to go in but let me start off saying like i know a lot of competitive Pokemon players in the community, and they're all great people. The the ones I know, at least. Everyone, you heard it here first, folks. Everyone, anything anyone has done in the Pokemon competitive community is officially a okay <laughs> in the eyes of Steve Jr. But Pokemon VGCs or TCG or Pokin or whatever. Whatever avenue you want to go down for your competitive Pokemon battling wants to be taken seriously. Like, this stuff has to stop. And mm-hmm. the easy argument would be like, oh, Ray Rizzo two years ago had a dream hacked Pokemon, which he didn't use, but it had an egg move that it could not never learn. And he said he got it from a friend and he was your world championship champion three times and he didn't get disqualified he didn't get banned they just acknowledged that he had a pokemon that was clearly hacked and they moved on if this was league of legends and or this was dota or this was counter strike not that i'm very familiar with those but i'm pretty sure that stuff wouldn't really pass people who play like competitive league players get like suspended for weeks because they said a naughty word at the, like 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 they flipped someone off at a tournament or something. So they're a little more strict. Yeah, and I think I think it should be, especially like if you want yeah. competitive video games to be taken seriously, like that stuff just doesn't fly. Like if yeah. if a football player gave somebody the finger, he'd probably be suspended too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, or find. I, I think that so right, there's a very clear problem that exists in competitive Pokemon that exists everywhere. And so well, this is hard for me to say the right way. But like in other sports, let's say esports and sports altogether, there is an organizational body that takes actions to reprimand people who cheat or play incorrectly. Um And that, in some ways, is in line to counteract something where they can't regulate, which is fanboying, right? There are a lot of people who are in the competitive Pokemon community who are super fans of particular competitive Pokemon players, whether it's because they also have YouTube channels or they're just very public or just because they win a lot, where it's like, I will be happy if I can just contribute to this famous person's success rather than, you know, I'm here to compete for myself as well. 
right? That exists in all sports. Like you, you even if you're a competitor in basketball, baseball, or something else, and you're a huge fan of another player, you might alter your own performance just because you're a fan of that other player. I think basketball and baseball are probably bad examples. Maybe car racing. I don't know anything about that. Um, but the organizational <laughs> bodies like try to take regulatory action so that when something is just a, a very crass display of poor play, sportsmanship, let's put it that way, right? Poor sportsmanship, that they will take action, regulatory action against that. And that doesn't exist, right? It's very clear. It doesn't exist in competitive Pokemon at all. Yeah. Yeah. I think you could, you could look at, you could look at competitive games like Pokemon tournament. Everyone is going to be at this, the same playing field, no matter if they put one hour in or they put 2000 hours in. Not regarding the weird. Or 127 hours in, starring, <laughs> uh, whatever James Franco. It's embarrassing that I that I was about to call him Danny Boyle, which is the director <laughs> of that movie. Ooh. Same same could be said for Overwatch. Again, everything you you pay for at purchase is is unlocked and ready to go. And I'm sure eventually Overwatch will get into the competitiveness or the official ranking and stuff but then you look at uh you look at a game like just your standard pokemon x and y you don't start at the same playing field and if you want evs if you want ivs if you want specific pokemon that all takes time and so a lot of competitive players they go well like look at a fighting game that you don't have to ev train ryu or or blanca or Chen Li, like they're they're just there. They're the best they can be, and now it comes down to the skill of a player. So it's it's not even. I, I'll go beyond that. It's about integrity, right? Because because it's clearly known that in order to be successful in competitive Pokemon, you have to use hacked Pokemon because nobody has the time to do soft resets for a perfect IV shiny Groudon, right? that people with integrity who are like, well, it's impossible to have these truly competitive Pokemon, but the winners are going to have those Pokemon. So I'm not going to compete at all, mm -hmm. right? right. Yeah. What, or I, or I, you're like a lot of, like a but, large portion of the fans of, of this show get their Pokemon through legit means, but that's hundreds of hours that they spent doing that as opposed to learning the meta playing the field right like yeah yeah practicing. so even if you do like it's not impossible even if you do have the time and do you know dedicate that time you're still in some way you still end up behind because the people who used i don't even know what the kids use these days but like uh use whatever software to get whatever the pokemon they want they've been practicing that whole time yeah and I was I was just gonna say it's it's a huge statement about the current state of competitive Pokemon that at one of the regionals I, I don't know if it was Madison or St Louis there were only like ninety six VGC masters in the competition yeah. ninety six I've been to local competitions that had more than ninety six people playing yeah. but nobody wants to play in this current format yeah I think it speaks volumes to the player base of Pokemon and it speaks to the type of game Pokemon is. If you remove mm. the competitiveness of Pokemon, you have a game where you have over 700 creatures that can be very 
drastically different. Whether that's EVs or IVs or abilities or moves, every creature can be so different. And that's what Pokemon originally wanted. And I think they still want that. And then you look at the competitive scene and players don't want that. They want the best Pokemon and they want it as fast as possible. And there's a yeah, huge... Yeah, what's important is while there are all these variables to make, to make it possible that every single Pokemon is going to be unique, there's also, by nature of a game being competitive, people are going to play it enough to where they find out what the optimal configuration for that thing is. Like, it might change next week when more people are uh, running X Pokemon than they were the week before, so you end up with a different EV spread for this month, but... Um, but generally, even though you can, you could EV train your, um, your golem for special attack and, uh, speed, but that's not going to work. Like there is, there is, there are one or two correct answers for how should I EV train this Pokemon for almost every Pokemon. And I don't mean that in a way of like, if you don't do it the way that the meta dictates, you're doing it wrong. I just mean that um, even though there are so many variables, there's an extent to which there is a version of that Pokemon that performs better than other versions. So even though there are these variables at tournaments, it's going to tend towards a lot of the same type of thing. Yeah, and I'll say two things to follow up on what Steve was saying. Number one, when you have competitive, top competitive players saying, I only played the latest game until I got the Mega Stone, and because that's all you needed to be part of the current competitive format, and I didn't play any further. Well, what does that really say about your love for Pokemon, that you couldn't even play the story mode all the way through to the end? And then another thing that, you know, I think kind of detracts from really uh, sharp criticism of the VGC format is that so many people are comfortable and happy playing in the Smogon tiers that they ignore. It takes pressure off of the VGC format for having to be a balanced and inclusive environment because so many people are like, well, I'm not going to play crummy VGC. I'll be happy playing Smogon at my local league every week. And, And that's... Right. That's not what uh, really that should not be what competitive Pokemon is oriented at. They should really be oriented towards developing a VGC environment that's inclusive and exciting for people, especially now that it's not even scholarships anymore. It's actual just a cash money payout. Yeah. You know, that should be open to as many people as want to be able to play it and not exclusive. You have uh, you you. But there's a clear problem. There has been for some time where, you know, we've we've seen it and there's been reports where, and you mentioned it earlier, where players go and they purposely lose so other players move up. Yeah. And, you know, you can't stop that. That's that's That happens in other games. That's not exclusive to Pokemon. But you, we there's this clear divide and it, it gets bigger and bigger every year of you have players that love... And, and I'm not telling people how to play a game. If if some people want to play only to Megastone and then, you know, competitive battle, that that's their... They paid for the game. That's their right. They can do whatever they want. But in in an audience sense, you have people who, who play the game who either love collecting Pokemon, they love breeding Pokemon, they love 
strategizing, and I know a ton of breeders who spend a lot of time to get perfect Ivy Pokemon, and then you have this other audience that doesn't care for that at all. And I'm not saying they need to, but, you know, they have hacked Pokemon, they're using hacked Pokemon, and they're good players. I mean, whether or not they have certain Pokemon, they're clearly performing at a level where other players cannot. That does, like, the one audience is is following what Pokemon originally intended for to have all these unique creatures that mean something to you, and then you have this other audience that is completely destroying that that mindset because they're so invested in competitiveness. And I'm not saying one side is right and one side is wrong, but it's a clear disconnect. And I think where it comes from me, in my personal opinion, is I have a lot of Pokemon that that means something to me in a memory sense. So, for example, one Pokemon I have is the Scraggy that you could get from Worlds that mm. happened in, I think, 2009, 2010. I can't remember. Well, it would have to be after 2010 because that's when Black and White came out. Yep, you're right. Maybe 2011. So I have this World, this, the Scraggy that was exclusive to people who attended Worlds. And it means a lot to me. I know exactly where it is in my Pokemon bank. I have a, I have a box for like event-specific ex- Pokemon. Uh, I haven't done anything with it. I haven't ever used it in a battle. I've never taught it a move. It sits in my bank. And it makes me happy to see it. Like I, I love it because it reminds me of Worlds. It reminds me of an event I was at. This is an exclusive Pokemon. No one has it. And I can't say no one else has it because anyone who has been hacking Pokemon can look at that specific Pokemon and hack an exact double right now. And they also now have the world Scraggy. And that takes away so much from like the, the charm and the exclusivity that Pokemon is supposed to bring. Can you hack those little, those little ribbons that come with the, uh, yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah. I'll, I'll I'll teach you how to hack Pokemon after, uh, after we're done recording. So, you mean people just, like, lie on purpose? <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm, I, again, like, th- there, is, there is no easy answer. There's, but I think, I think the three of us can agree on, like, if Pokemon wants to be considered seriously, like, they need, they need to pick some, some battle here. They either need to, you know, they can't, ban 15 people in Japan and then look at the United States world champion who clearly had hacked Pokemon and just be okay with that. Like what makes this wrong and this right when at the end of the day, one 15 people got banned for hacked Pokemon or in this case cheating and some, and, and this person didn't. And so they need to pick a side. They need to say like hacked Pokemon are okay. We, we, we know that they exist we know that they're there. They're just okay. Or they need to decide, like, they're not okay. And in Pokemon Sun or, and Moon, there's going to be extreme hack checks to make sure whether that's updating more frequently or requiring you to check the internet when you're doing... Like, there has to be some kind of check. Or they just need to accept that hacked Pokemon or the standard. Or they just add a, add a sort of tournament game mode where you can edit Pokemon on the fly. Like they won't be, you won't be able to use them in your single player experience, but you can just 
set level 100 Pokemon with the movesets you want. Sure, so open up hacking to everyone. Therefore That's eliminating it. the need for, for hacks. Like like, that, like a yeah. Pokemon Stadium, only more customizable. Like, like Pokemon Showdown. It's <laughs> a, a real thing, right? Right. Because at this point, like, neither side is happy. You have the, the hackers that are saying, like, everyone else's opinion doesn't matter. We're playing on skill. And then you have the people who who care about Pokemon and who are spending the time going like, this is unfair and this doesn't want me to play the game. Like you are segregating your audience because of competitive Pokemon battles and there needs mm-hmm. to be a solution. And I don't know if there will be, but uh, I can tell you the, the two to three years I played competitive Pokemon, it was not an enjoyable time. Well, I still have fun because in our Slack community, we come up with wacky tournaments, and I just enjoy having those wacky tournaments. All right. Like my, my Quick Claw tournament. Well, we will, uh, we will take a quick break. I didn't realize how long that was going to run, and we'll just come back, and uh, we'll do some Pokemon of the Week. This episode of It's Super Effective is brought to you by all our backers on Patreon. If you want to support It's Super Effective, you can head over to patreon.com slash it's super effective and donate to the show. A dollar a month gets you access to our Slack community where you can chat, trade, battle with other Pokemon trainers hanging out in our group. We have over, at this point, I think 180 members in our Slack community, so tons of conversations always happening. And if you donate even more than a dollar a month, for example, if you donate $4 a month, which is a dollar an episode, you get access to our gold channel where you hang out with the gold members of our Slack community. But if you don't want to donate, that's totally cool. It's super effective. We'll always be free. Uh, we just thank everyone for their patronage. And uh, most importantly, we thank all our listeners for just giving us a chance and actually listening to our podcast. Hope you enjoy the show. And we are back some Pokemon of the week, but before we do that, I do. We were gonna do a mini item of the week for. It, it was pretty much more of a, like a public service announcement. Uh, PokemonCenter.com is now selling real pins. I don't know if they came off the badge arcade fever here, but just just for reference. So so pins pins have gotten extremely popular. I feel in like the last two to three years. Mm-hmm. Like, have you ever been to a PAX? Uh, it is Pin City. Uh, I feel I believe if you go to like a Disney World, they also are in the business of pins. Why haven't they, hasn't Disney World always done that? Yeah, yeah. I I I I didn't know that though until the people the people who made packs they were like, yeah, we blatantly sold this from Disney World. Mm-hmm. Like it does very well for Disney World, so we're doing it. But Pokemon Center is now doing it. Uh, you can get a four pack of pins. Uh, that's a Pikachu, a Bulbasaur, a Charmander, and a Squirtle. What do you th- what do you think the price is on four pins? Like these are like your your metal, your your shiny colored pins. There's a word for it. It's like that. What how they do the coloring? What's the word for that, Travis? Like a what? Uh, <laughs> I want to say cloisonne is something like that. If it sounds like even remotely that French, I can guarantee you, I don't know it. <laughs> Um, well, these are like, they look like, you know, PAX pins or, or, or Disney world pins. I don't know what specific, you know, name they have. They have like the outlines that are like super shiny, uh, but a four pack, how much do you think that runs you? Four pins, you know, take them on your hat, dirt, $10, 
All right. All right. Travis, what's your bid? Price is right. <laughs> I know it's going to be like high or whatever. So I'll say, I'll say like $7. For a four pack. All right. So if, if it was $10, you're, you're doing $2.50 a pin, right? Yep. And if this is $7, you're doing like what? $1.50 a pin? $1.60? What if I told you four pins at PokemonCenter.com, a Charizard, a Bulbasaur, a Squirtle, and a Pikachu was $24.99? I would say you'd better get me some free shipping on that. You want a two pack? You want just Magikarp and Gyarados? $12.99. Oh, that is half the price. You want a you want a five pack? You get a Master Ball, a Great Ball, a Pokeball, an Ultra Ball, and a Pikachu special delivery. Five pins includes a lanyard for you to put the pins on. Thirty four ninety nine. Oh man, but those Dragonite pins look sweet. Highway robbery. The Whimsicott pin with the substitute looks sweet. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Pax pins are like. Four ninety nine. I think they're five dollars. So th- this is this is about six fifty a pin. Um, at this point, I don't know how much Disney World charges. I'm sure it's in the five to eight dollar range, but I can't justify that cost. Even for the the Articuno Zapdos Moltres. Oh man, that I, looks so good. Don't get me wrong; they look awesome. But, like, for s- that much for one pin and the possibility of, like, my, my worry is, like, you put it on a lanyard because that's what, like, they encourage. Like, you go to a convention and you got this lanyard full of pins and look at how cool you are. Look at this peer pressure. You got all these pins. You need pins. I need pins. You want to trade pins? And, like, my fear, my worry is, like, your lanyard gets caught on something or, like, the convention hall is busy and all of a sudden you get... Through the convention hall, you're getting ready to eat your lunch, and your Master Ball pin is missing because it's a pin, and they could possibly fall off. Oh, I'll tell you what's worse than that. Uh, the enamel, and the, that's what I was the word I was looking for, enamel pins. Uh, the enamel is going to chip. <laughs> yeah. it's, just, it's just going to chip. Because most people actually put these not on lanyards, but they on their bags, right? Everybody's been to a, a Pokemon event, and people have bags full of different pins that they've gotten, Pokemon pins from different areas and stuff like that. And chip, 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 that paint's going to go. Oh, man, that Whimsicott with Substitute looks so good. Can I, can I read one of the reviews on the Eevee and Vaporeon Pokemon pins Evo 2-pack? Uh, I would love if you read a review. This review comes to us from Manny M. from Newport, Rhode Island. And it's all uh, uh, zero out of 39 people found this helpful. Uh, uh, Perfect. uh, Maybe maybe you'll think differently. Um, This is all in caps, so that's why I'm about to do the voice I am. Uh, This is titled, Why Vaporeon? Where is Jolteon? Uh, and the and the review reads: No one likes Vaporeon. I want a Jolteon pin. Jolteon is the best evolution, and I am offended that you did not make a pin of my favorite Pokemon. I wish I could give this product 
Oh gosh, there's a read complete review button. It doesn't, oh, okay, it's not that much longer. I wish I could give this product a zero. Maybe make a good product next time. Next time. Was this review helpful to you? Let's take a poll out of just the three of us listening. I, I, I'd like to, I'd like to um, <laughs> read a review of the Vaporeon Eevee uh, pin set, if I may. Yeah. That review was not I, helpful to me. This, um, this review, six out of eight people found the following review helpful. Uh, the reviewer is T. Bleezy Pokemon Master from St. Louis, Missouri. And the title of the review... <laughs> I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die. <laughs> the title of the review is Buzz Off Manny. Vaporeon <laughs> is my favorite Pokemon. I'm buying this product just because you just because you gave a bad review. P.S. I hope they never make a Jolteon pin because of your stupidity. <laughs> there is there is a war being waged. <laughs> this is this is what pins do to us. This is why we can't have nice things. There's a war being waged in the comment search in the review section of PokemonCenter.com and T. Bleezy from St. Louis, Missouri and Manny M. from Newport, Rhode Island are on the front lines. Absolutely. Oh, why? That is <laughs> oh my the god. The only other review is just completely oblivious that there oh, is. Oh, no, it's not. Oh, it's not? Be patient. I'm sure they will release more in due time. No need to give a product a bad review because you don't like the Pokemon chosen. Wow. Obviously, this reviewer has never been on the internet before. <laughs> Only pins bring out this type of anger and war between people. Yeah, they also said, I've been waiting for this for a long time. It's just sad that people feel the need to give this exciting product a bad review solely based on their fact their favorite Pokemon isn't part of this set. I mean, yeah. new to the internet, right I there. Made, I made, uh, I made these rubber trainer pins back in the day. Have one. Yeah, they, they're cool. They, uh, they were cool. They, they were probably one of the coolest things I made. Uh, they were also probably, they were, they probably would have done extremely well on Kickstarter. This was a time before Kickstarter, you see. And I took a risk. In the prehistory. <laughs> Back in vintage PKMN cast times. I took a risk, paid a lot of money, I got the pins made. And in order to break even, I had to charge, I believe, about $7 for a pin. Mm -hmm. And then I had to charge about $1.90 to ship it. So I was charging people about $9 flat to send these pins over the or, or across the world and i think i had 250 of them made and i believe i made probably at profit about a dollar a pin so i mean i sold all the pins so ultimately i made like 200 bucks um off of this but to i felt Bad. I didn't think they would sell at $7 a pin. I thought that was too much because I didn't think I would, like, I mean, I sold it as as $9 for everything, free shipping and stuff. And, you know, what what really is the difference between 8 and $9? Yeah, not much. No one's going to, no one's going to be like, Ugh. you know, if it was a dollar cheaper, I'd get it. And that's probably what Pokemon th is thinking here, you know. 
Uh, they can charge what they want because they obviously know the supply and demand. But, like, that was a rubber pin. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a very different, because that, that, that material is more expensive. Like, yeah. You're saying the Pokemon Center material is more expensive, right? Oh, no, I was thinking the opposite, because your, like, your pin had, like, all of the different colors of rubber that needed to be included. See, when I, when, design, when I, maybe when, I'm wrong. when I got, when I got quote price quotes, they told me that this was the cheapest way to make a pin. Oh, interesting. They, they said like these pins that I'm looking at on Pokemon Center were actually some of the more expensive ones. So of course Uh-oh. I went, I went the, the cheap route and I was, I was yeah. worried that they wouldn't be able to get the, the detail. And I think the trainer pin was very detailed. Yeah. And, and, and so if you know anything about ordering bulk, the more you order, the cheaper the product gets. Mm-hmm. I have to imagine. I just, I just think that Pokemon Center is ordering more than two hundred and fifty pins. Yeah, yeah. So their their profit margins on these have to be through the roof. Like they have to be making. Money hand over fist by selling a four pack of pins for twenty four ninety nine. Have to be. Anyways, <laughs> before we get into Pokemon of the Week, Pokemon Center has to be at Gen Con. Pokemon has a very big booth at Gen Con. If you're going to Gen Con, if you look at the Gen Con map, Pokemon Center has a Pokemon. Th- there is a square that is bigger than every most other squares in the vendor hall, and it says. Pokemon. And if you click on it, it takes you to PokemonCenter.com. I'm assuming PokemonCenter.com is taking over that booth and they will be selling plushies and pins and all this stuff. And they're probably just going to rake in the money. I mean, Will and I talked about this uh, an episode or two ago, but I feel like if I see these pins in person, I'm going to buy them. Because I cannot handle how cool they are online. But with that being said, our Pokemon of the week is Persian, because this is this has become a if if you're not a cat, you're not Pokemon of the week. <laughs> there you go, <laughs> Kitty Cat Cast. Uh, Travis is a move set, but before we do that, Persian normally lives in towns and cities. Although popular for its elegance, it is extremely difficult to raise as a pet due to its fickle and temperamental personality. It will scratch anyone, including its trainer, with little or no provocation. And it has been... Provocation. My fault. Provocation. And it has been observed ripping its prey apart for no discernible reason. However, when a Persian is yanked by its whiskers, it becomes temporarily docile. 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 Due to its unknown reasons. I got temperamental right. You gotta give me some credit there. That's a big word, guys. That and, and fickle. Okay, Travis, don't you love the Meowth? Meowth is one of my favorite Pokemon. Yeah, Meowth is really cool. How does Persian that? Is too. Okay, I was gonna say, how does your love for Meowth transition into Persian? It does. <laughs> <laughs> it's a short answer to that question. I like them both. Uh, I like Meowth a little more, but Persian's cool too. I normally look at the top Smogon set just to give me an idea if. With with these Pokemon that that you're not gonna see every day unless you're playing like the some of the lower Smogon tiers or you're just playing with your friends like you're 
not likely to see a Persian. Um, so, like, I tend to look at the Smogon set to see what kind of niche people have found for that Pokemon. And I really don't like... I mean, it's probably the best thing you can do with a Persian, right? But I really don't like it thematically. The set they recommend is Nasty Plot with Hyper Voice, Hidden Power Ghost, and either Water Pulse or Substitute with a Life Orb, um, and then taking advantage of the Technician ability um, with 252 and Special Attack and Speed. And you can do that, but that feels wrong. Like, you look at Persian, and it doesn't feel like it should be a Pokemon that's doing Special Attacks. That's just me. Looks like a slasher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what we're going to make instead. We're going to do a physically attacking set, which is going to be use Fake Out, Play Rough. Uh, It has Technician, so we're going to use Bite. Um, And then the last move is U-Turn. So what you can do here, um, and then you're going to max out your Speed and Attack EVs. Uh, put a choice band on there, or no, not a choice band because I did fake out. So instead, you're gonna put a life orb on there. So what you can do is, um, you're gonna try to, uh, similar to what a Pokemon like I think Ambipom is the best comparison, where you have a very strong fake out from Technician that's gonna do more damage than your average fake out is, and then you finish it off with something like. Uh, a U-turn or the the bite or the play rough. So um, you're sort of designed for two-hit KOs as opposed to one-hit KOs. I didn't take the time to calculate what percentage of the the field that you're likely to see uh, would actually be two-hit KO'd by such a Pokemon, Um, but in theory, it, it shouldn't be too bad of a set and i would recommend the adam and nature since you're already f- pretty fast at 115 base speed i think i i think i'm done I think <laughs> the the most important thing here is in omega ruby alpha sapphire that there is a five percent chance that if you catch a persian it will have a quick claw on it nice well then why did i say use life orb you should use quick claw <laughs> That's not true. Shiny Persian, extremely disappointing. Yeah, it's yeah. hard to even tell that it's shiny. Uh, the way you can tell is it instead of uh, tan inside its ear, it's it's like a pink inside its pink. ear. Yep. Yeah, and it's just a little brighter. Yeah, but that's it's it's, it's hard to tell. Uh, even on, even on the screen, the pink it's is what Pokemon like this, where I just think like. Who's in charge of making shinies? Right, like, like my my the first thing my mind goes to is Persian is naturally like a like a a white a beige like an off white yeah why like like why wouldn't you do like a black cat as the shiny? Yeah, like it takes all it like granted that's a clever idea, Steve, but it doesn't take that long to get there. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, shiny meowth is even worse. Is it really? Yeah, it's just a little darker. There's not even any difference inside I, the ears. Don't. Whoever, they need to be fired. Whoever you are, Can you imagine person. if that was your job at the Pokemon Company International? Like, like that is your sole job. Is I'm the person who like determines what the color differences are for the shinies because it's obviously nothing about the body type or anything. It's just the color differences. The person. Who the person who has decided these shiny colors are probably the same person that was like. 
Ah, uh, we need another water Pokemon. Uh, yeah. Baskelin. Yeah. No, no. That's just what I'm saying. It's like, right? Your job, your only job is to determine what the shiny colors are, and you're really bad at it. And everybody knows it, but it's like it's your uncle not. owns they're Pokemon. Only, so not their only job. Yeah, yeah, it is. And and their uncle owns Pokemon, and that's why they're never going to get fired, even though everybody, like, <laughs> walks out of their office, and, like, they just, like, put their hand to their mouth and, like, oh, my God, can you believe what a terrible job this guy continues to do? And the only reason he keeps his job is because his uncle's in charge. The – I can tell you one thing. It, the the person in charge of Shinies is, is not a cat owner because they would have probably thought of a black cat as a shiny person instantly. Like that is that is your obvious go to for a shiny cat, and it's, some of these are these shinies date back to Gen two. So I, I th- in general, the newer shinies, if memory serves, are a little better. Y- yeah, yeah. I mean, Yvetel looks like bacon, but you can't win them all. Is <laughs> it really? I'm gonna look it up. Yeah, shiny Yvetel looks yeah. like bacon, hardcore bacon. Um, uh, trivia here: Persian's crystal sprite. Is different from <laughs> is different from that of gold and silver, making it one of the few Pokemon that have three distinctively different sprites in Generation Two. Uh, yeah, shiny Evadel is bacon. That's amazing. It really is. I mean, like it looks dumb, but at the same time, it's also really cool. <laughs> that's that's what we ask for here, you know. If you're going to make it shiny, at least make it memorable. No one's going to forget that shiny Evatel looks like a slab of bacon. And I think that is where we leave off. Uh, I want to thank I want to thank Travis and Will for being on. Um Yeah, anytime. I, f- I feel like this episode was was back to roots like a solid original funny episode. Our listeners probably don't think so, but I I think it was fun. Someone's going to give this uh, a one-star review, and they're going to say, Why didn't you have Logan on the show? Logan <laughs> yeah. is my favorite evolution, <laughs> and I can't believe they put Travis on this episode. Yes. Well, Steve, you've been listening to a lot of classic Pokemon podcasts lately, haven't you? I have, yes. Uh, there we are. Uh, nice. Words. <laughs> Because of our Patreon, I want to thank I want to thank our Patreon backers. I, I I do often. We so a couple of things here, a couple house cleaning before we wrap up. So bear with us, because we'll we'll have a funny ending. So of course you don't want to turn off now. Uh, first thing, season one of Dungeons and Dragon Knights has ended. If you're not caught up, what died? <laughs> if you're if you're not caught up, that is in iTunes. That is in SoundCloud. If if you're bored this summer, uh, a good. A good twelve episodes that it has a definite start. It has a it has a climax. It has your it has your love story, and it has a definite. It has a definite ending. So something to check out, even if you don't like D and D. If not, you know whatever. It's there. It exists. It is it is twenty four hours of content that you can listen to for free. Uh, second thing is we're trying something new. We have what is called a Mixler. What that means is we are running old episodes of It's Super Effective 24-7. All you have to do is go to Mixler uh, with no E because, you know, Tumblr, Pinterest, they don't have E's. E's are not cool. Uh, So Mixler slash PKMNCast. And there will randomly be an episode. Mixler.com or? Mixler.com, yeah, slash PKMNCast. 
Uh, there will be randomly be playing an old episode of It's Super Effective. Uh, there's a chat there, so you can chat with people. There's an iOS app, an Android app. You can go right on the website. Uh, actually, this podcast uh, is being live broadcast on Mixler right now. Uh, and uh, we have six people listening. I didn't really heavily advertise that. I just wanted to see if it worked. Clearly does work. So we can do more of this in the future. But yeah. And uh, what's really amazing is when um, the old episodes are playing, Steve can actually do a live feed of himself talking over the old episode. And sometimes he'll do things where he talks into your left ear and sometimes he'll talk into your right ear. And then sometimes he'll talk into the center of your head and you keep telling him you're in the middle of my head and he doesn't understand what that means. <laughs> I'm talking in your is this, left ear. Is this like Pokemon podcast ASMR? <laughs> <laughs> Have I already made this joke? I think so. I think so. Okay. Then um, I won't do it again. Well, it, it's, it's, it, it's very easier. It's very... It, just think of it like a real radio station. Like radio DJs can talk over songs or whatever. I I have the ability to do that. So we're gonna try it for a month. If it you know if it doesn't catch on, if people aren't using it, I'll I'll cancel the the monthly fee it, it costs for me to keep it up and running. And but I, for me, and I don't know it, how what what your guys' listening habits are, but like I struggle when a service like Spotify goes. Tell me what you want to listen to. Like I. I, I don't know. And so I, I, I like services more along the lines of Pandora where I can just say, these are the three artists mm-hmm. I've been digging. Give me music like that. And and Pandora does that very well and it serves a need. And that's why I listen to a lot of Beats 1 because I know for the most part that's current popular music and I, I and I enjoy that. So I just turn it on because I don't, I don't want that choice because most of the time I'm not even focused listening to it. So when it comes to... Uh, I, I was I was meeting with with some some podcast people uh, about the show and the stats and everything, and they were like, you know, for your podcast, we've noticed that your your older episodes get listened to a lot. And I was like, yeah, I, I don't understand. Like that Pokemon news isn't isn't relevant anymore. I don't get why people would be listening to it. But yeah, they they do pretty well. And uh, so I think I think that's. Um, I think that's a like a wall maybe for some newer listeners they go back and they go oh like 200 some episodes I don't know where to start or where I'd want to listen to and so I think the the mixler I think the mixler is is like hey I don't know what I want to listen to but I want I want I want something pokemon I'll just turn that on and and see what's playing and yeah I've I've listened to more I've listened to more episodes of it's super effective in the last three days than i have in like the last three years just because like like i'm just sitting there and i was like i wonder i I wonder like i i make these long playlists to play but you know four hours later i don't know what episode it's going to be on so it's like i wonder what's on the mixer and i turn it on and it's like oh like this is the episode where 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 travis makes fun of kid and does a pretty good kid impression Oh, do I really? Yeah, I can't remember. Oh, it was it was super funny. It it, it I don't know if it's sad or if it or if it's something to say about the show where like I'm laughing at like jokes from two years ago. <laughs> um, yeah, Steve seems to find himself very funny. Oh yeah, I do. I absolutely do. I think, <laughs> I think I'm hilarious. And then he tells me about it. Yeah, yeah. And so, yep. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think the Mixler is cool. If if you want to check it out, you don't need an account. You can just go to mixler.com slash pkm and cast and you can see what's currently playing or or whatnot but yeah it's it, as long as as long as my computer is up and running the mixler will be up and running so that uh that is that is 
something to listen to. But I think I'm done rambling. I don't think we have anything else, guys. You want to add me play Overwatch with me? The Travis W hashtag eighteen seventy six because for some reason Battle.net requires that you have the <laughs> symbol followed by four numbers. So. You uh, you're playing on PC for our listeners. Yes, uh, I am playing on my personal computer. Got it. Okay, cool. Uh, Will has another podcast. If you like Vanguard, go check that out. It is called what? Vanguard check. Fight. Drive check. Drive check. Oh, yeah, check. The, the game is called Card Fight Vanguard. Yeah, I knew what the game was called. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and yeah, so uh, uh, there's a Patreon, there's iTunes reviews, you, you know, the normal spiel for that. But otherwise, uh, Travis is at the Travis W on Twitter. Will is at Wash in the Sink. I am at Dragging a Lake. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Pokemon Podcast. Otherwise... This has been another episode of the Pokemon Podcast, and we are super effective. Why isn't Jolteon on the <laughs> Soviet space stations? Solaris, Solaris is such a good movie. Ugh.